Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? It is early. At least it's early on the West Coast. It is the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I am Marcus Grant alongside the Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano. Behind the glass, it is the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. James Cole will be joining us just a little bit later. But uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. What's happy going Tuesday. on, guys? It, uh, it's, it's a good Tuesday. It's a, I mean, I guess every Tuesday during the season is a pretty good Tuesday, right? I mean... It's the day off for most NFL players. Not for us, though. Not no. for us. Not no. for us. Days off do not exist. We, uh, we are here to work for you. We are here to give you the best and brightest when it comes to fantasy information. And so uh, we will look back at the week that was week three. Start maybe to look ahead a little bit for week four and what's going forward. Some waiver wire ads. Some waiver wire ads. Uh, guys, maybe it's time to get a little nervous about uh, maybe some guys that you might want to either trade or hold on to. Got plenty of that and more, of course. We will always end it as we do with our daily daps. But, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's get to some headlines, huh? Let's do it. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. We will start with the Monday night game. That was the Chiefs and the Packers from Lambeau Field. And the Packers get a 38-28 win that wasn't really even that close. The, uh, the Chiefs got a couple of late scores to kind of tighten things up a little bit. But this is a game that the Packers dominated pretty much from start to finish in this one. Aaron Rodgers, the big story. 333 passing yards, five touchdown passes, including three of them to Randall Cobb. And um, look, I, you know, I remember at the start of the season, I know they were only through three weeks, but before the season started, there was this discussion of Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, which of the two quarterbacks do you take first off the board? I think consensus kind of fell toward Rodgers, but there are a lot of people that were, you know, understandably riding for Andrew Luck. But uh, Alex, I mean, at this point, there's, there's no contest through three weeks. No, and I mean, there shouldn't have been. Watching Rodgers for the last, what has he been in the league now, seven, eight, nine years that he's been playing, it should have been known that he was the top fantasy quarterback because every year that he's been healthy, he's finished, and correct me if I'm wrong, like what, second or first in fantasy yep, yep. points every year? He's Except for that one year where he missed the seven collarbone, games. Yeah, collarbone, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also keep in mind, too, 
I, I, had, I had luck ahead of him because of the loss of Jordy Nelson. Then they signed James Jones, and that made a bigger impact than even I thought it was going to. I figured Jones could give him six to eight touchdowns. Right now he's on pace for double digits. Yeah. And uh, Rodgers is good enough to make any wide receiver better, but um, I, I really think luck has been a lot worse than even we could have projected. Um, it, it, to, to be honest with you, I really thought Luck would be the better of the two quarterbacks, maybe just by a hair, uh, but because of the weapons that he has around him, we underestimated, uh, uh, we overestimated on Andrew, uh, Andre Johnson. Um, but, but you guys are right. Rodgers has been far and away the best fantasy quarterback, and the second best quarterback in fantasy after three weeks is? Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who, by the way, was drafted past the eighth round in a lot of leagues That's what well, the, when we be, thought he was going to be suspended. Be four games. Right. But uh, this also goes to prove, uh, if you look down the list too, like Andy Dalton's there, Tyrod Taylor's there. Tyrod, Tyrod. You could wait on a quarterback. All right, yeah, I but, went off the rails. So I mean, by the but I, look, I, again, we can't wait on quarterbacks. Although I would say that you know, by the logic of using like Tyrod Taylor, I mean, this is a guy who was on the waiver wire. So the, the you know, I mean, so was Andy Dalton in most leagues, right? So I mean, that logic says you could also wait on running backs because guys like Devontae Freeman and you know Carlos Williams are coming off waiver wires in a lot of leagues. Uh, back to the Packers though, it, in this game, it was great to see Randall Cobb look. I'd say fully healthy for the first like yep. real time because he looked pretty good in week two against the Seahawks. But this week, he was getting yards after the catch. He was taking runs out of the backfield. He was pushing guys into the end zone. He had a fantastic day with with three touchdowns, all on like the exact same route too that the Chiefs just didn't know how to cover. And you know what's great too? Uh, they're playing the Niners this week. All the points. He's going. Oh to throw. man, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw. 12 touchdowns. You would think so. You would think so. Um, okay, so maybe maybe I'm a little late on this. I'm sure there are a lot of other more intrepid people who took the chance early, but James Jones over Devontae Adams now. This 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 is happening, right? I mean, Devontae Adams was yeah. injured in the first series, didn't play the rest of the game, has really struggled to get on track. Meanwhile, James Jones has just slid in where he left off the last time he was with the Packers. Well, I mean, week one, Adams was the most targeted receiver, and I think he had the most receiving yards. But that ankle injury he suffered against the Seahawks has really dogged him. That's and, been a big And issue. he re-aggravated it. Because one of his, his boons was that he was a, a big athletic guy that could beat people with speed and explosiveness, and an, an ankle injury saps all of that. Right. Yeah, no question about that. It hasn't helped him. But, again, um, for me, I underestimated the impact that, that Jones would have. He's come right back in. I mean, you know, how did the Giants cut him? I mean, I understand the rapport that he's got with Aaron Rodgers from their first tenure together with the Green Bay Packers, but, I mean, geez, uh, he, he's looked good. Uh, he doesn't look like he's, he's missed a step since, again, the last time he played with Green Bay. One of those years he had 14 touchdowns, and he has been one of the top, I would say, three waiver wire pickups in fantasy football so far. um tyrod taylor maybe being number one right now totally yeah, absolutely uh switching to the other side the chiefs didn't give you a lot offensively beyond jamal charles he had three touchdowns hey, uh, hey, went hey, nuts. Hey. i'm sorry garbage I, time I, I, he did go nuts and he time. scored a touchdown he scored, I, guess, I know right, i am burying the lead here the chiefs threw a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. So let's yep. get that one out of the way. Our long national nightmare is over. Jeremy Macklin. I, I predicted it the week before. So I was one week too soon on the Jeremy Macklin touchdown. But it finally happened on Monday night. He ended up with a big day. Eight catches, 141 yards in the touchdown. I don't believe he had a catch in the first half. Right? No. no he was in, in his first ten quarters of the year, he's done nothing. And then the Chiefs got blown out 
garbage time, and he went off. But hey, garbage so guess points what? still count. They still count. I, but I understand. Except they counted on a bench. But line. but the but the thing to do now is trade him. I don't. I didn't like Jeremy Macklin coming into the season, not because he's not a good dude or because he's not talented, he's but not because this dude. is what Andy Reid's offenses do to wide receivers. Trade him now. Trade him for Jordan Matthews. Try and trade him for Amari Cooper. Do something. Be a salesman. And and, and after this perform, this is the best performance he'll have all year, guys. Uh, maybe. I mean, I do look at the schedule. There are some better matchups coming for him, but you're not going to get something like this probably uh, again for the rest of the year. But uh, 141 and a touchdown, certainly fantastic there. Jamal Charles gave you the three rushing touchdowns, although he didn't really do much yardage-wise. I was going to say, this this performance from Charles is going to skew the Packers' like fantasy points against ranking. Mm-hmm. But aside from that week one game against Matt Forte, They've effectively shut down two very good yardage. Yardage uh, has been very, very limited. Both of the last couple of running backs. At least two of Charles' touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, he got put basically right at the goal line because of a ticky tack penalty. Right, and then was able to plunge in. And and I love Jamal. Um, I've interviewed him. He's a good dude. Why are you jumping into the stands with the two and doing the bells? Okay, come on, brother. I mean, you scored great. Give the ball to the referee uh, and. yeah, and, and get ready for the next down. That wasn't that wasn't a good look, especially coming no. out the game with yeah. two really ugly. Fumbles. No, Jamal, if you were up thirty-one to seven in Lambo, yeah, then, then, then you do it. Then you hot <laughs> dog, right? right but, but when you're down thirty-one to seven, on it's the road. like it's like a defensive end who makes a sack when his team is down like forty-one to seven, and he gets all excited and celebrates. You're getting smoked, right? Yeah. So let's so. let's cool down the Jets on that. Yeah. So, uh, but looking, I mean, looking at this Chiefs offense, though, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you're going with Jamal Charles. Fabs is, is certainly on the side of trade Jeremy Macklin, which is understandable. This is just, it just seems like it's too inconsistent a group to count on week in, week out, besides really Jamal Charles, because you probably spent a high first-round pick on him. Well, whenever Andy realizes, Andy Reid realizes that every play should basically be Jamal Charles or Travis Kelsey, the offense will right. will move a lot better. Travis Kelsey still ended up salvaging Kelsey had a, a decent, decent night. game. He had 10 points. 80, 80 yards in the two-point conversion. So those are guys you can rely on. Macklin, I'm not going to rely on him unless unless it's matchup dependent. But yeah, right. It's a it's a tough right. One to they're they're playing Cincinnati coming up this week. Cincinnati's defense uh, has been a little bit up and down. They're kind of middle of the road when it comes to wide receivers. So Macklin's probably like a three or flex. But again, tra- I'm all about selling high, man. Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Macklin, two guys I'd be trading right now. Yeah, well, certainly we'll get to uh, some guys to keep or sell a little bit later on. But uh, want to move on. Ben Roethlisberger took a shot or took a hit uh, in the game on Sunday. At first glance, it looked really ugly. Ben went down holding his knee. We were certainly very worried. The report now is he's out about four to six weeks uh, with an MCL injury. Uh, Obviously, this means in the short term, Michael Vick is going to take over at the quarterback spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would think, and Fabs, I mean, there's no worry about Antonio Brown at this point, right? No. Listen, do, do you think they're going to phase him out of the offense or dec- decrease his targets because Michael Vick is the quarterback? I mean, no, it's not like Jimmy Clausen's back there. I know Vick has been injury-prone and turnover-prone in his last few years, but he's still not the worst backup in the world. Let's put it that way. He can still give you fantasy points uh, with his legs, and he can still throw the deep ball. Can he? 
I, I think he can. <laughs> and I think he, he can. He looked pretty rough last year. Well, who were his wide receivers last year? No, I mean, even running, athleticism-wise, mm-hmm. throwing, like the, the things that Vic used to have that cannon. You well, know, he's an older his, dude. I mean, Right, that's but, why I'm saying, like, I, I wasn't one to say to advise people to rush out and pick up Vic. I thought there were better options on the waiver wire right sure, now. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, I'm in a more wait-and-see approach. This Thursday night game, especially if you're trying to start some of the more like Steelers on the periphery, this Thursday night game is a tough one because it's a short week and he's the right. backup coming in. I wouldn't start Heath Miller. No. Brown and Bell, Brown and are, Bell are locks. Bad. Yep. And and honestly, that's probably it. Unless you like Josh Scobie. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I tried the Josh Scobie experiment on several rosters and now that the Steelers are pretty much committed to going for two right? much, just about every time they score, yeah. uh, that's not working out so well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Ben, another... Another quarterback that is out. I mean, you know, we, we don't have uh, we don't have Tony Romo. I mean, there are guys that are hurting all over the place. So, Big Ben, another big-name injury that the fantasy owners are going to have to deal with. The good thing, though, Marcus, is that you've got some young quarterbacks emerging, right? Absolutely. Derek yes. Carr, Marcus Mariota. I know they're on a bye this week, but still. Um, I mean, I still can't believe Andy Dalton. And I'm waiting for him to fall off the cliff. I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but boy, he's been happen. good, man. I, I it's went been back. Really good. Uh, I went and watched because I didn't get to watch the Baltimore Cincy game on Sunday, so I watched it uh, yesterday afternoon before the Packer Chiefs game. Dalton looked good, man, and he. I had, just I can't, I got this thing. I can't believe it. I know. Yet. I know. Well, that's why I wanted to go and see it because typical Dalton, you know, in the past when he would make a mistake like an interception or a fumble, then it would just snowball out of control. But in that game, he came right back. He had the the fumble that was a scoop and score. Next play, threw a dart in between two defenders to mm-hmm. AJ Green. That was the eighty yard touchdown, and he was making good passes and smart decisions. I was I was really. It impressed. certainly helps them that AJ's healthy this year. AJ's that everybody's healthy. healthy. And, and, he's and look, they're doing this. They haven't gotten a lot out of Jeremy Hill the last couple of weeks either. So that, that yeah. speaks to what what Dalton is doing. Another quarterback that has been making waves is Tyrod Taylor, but. He could be without one of his top targets in week four. Sammy Watkins injured his calf in Sunday's game, and there's a chance he might not play in week four. Obviously, it, it certainly takes something out of the offense not to have him there, but Alex is mean. Is it crazy? I watched that game, and Percy Harvin, not, he's never going to be a, a, a wide receiver one, but it looks like they were finding ways to get the football in his hands. I mean, is it crazy to think maybe you drop him in as a flex if the matchup's right? I mean, I had two in one of our deeper leagues where I was I was hurting at the position. And especially if Watkins is out, I think they're going to try and manufacture some touches for Percy Harvin. But this has been an offense where it's been like whack-a-mole with the wide receivers. Week one, it was Percy Harvin's week. Week two, it was Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Week three, it looked like it was kind of Harvin again. So... It's tough to tell, and if Watkins is out, I mean, I think I think Harvin is a is worthy of flex consideration. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's weird because there's something about this offense as a whole. I'm I'm reminded of go back to like 2013, even 2012, when Greg Roman first unleashed Colin Kaepernick on the world, and how dynamic that 49er offense was. And they didn't have great wide receivers at any point. I mean, Michael Crabtree was maybe their most talented guy. They had. You know, they brought in Anquan Bolden, who did some nice things for them, but uh, a little later. But in terms of watching Tyrod Taylor get out of the pocket, watch them roll the pocket, and watching how comfortable he is and how much he's getting everybody involved, and that whole offense has kind of an attitude about it now. I mean, they really believe in this thing, and, and I, I think Greg Roman deserves a lot of credit for that. They may not have a lot of breakout wide receivers, but... All these guys are contributing. I guess that makes it hard, though, if you're a fantasy person trying to, trying to pick one of these guys. Um, Marshawn Lynch, he was active. 
He got on the field a little bit, but really didn't do much of anything. It was the Thomas Rawls show on Sunday. Not that it really mattered for the Seahawks because they beat the brakes off the Chicago <laughs> Bears this week. Surprising like everyone else's. Pretty much. Um, I mean, anything to really be worried about, Fabs, or is this just the Seahawks realizing they didn't necessarily need Lynch this week? I was surprised he was active to begin with because it was such a, a tasty matchup that you didn't really need Lynch to go in there. Um, the, the one concern I have is that they're playing on Monday night. So, number one, if you have Marshawn Lynch, you better get Thomas Rawls off the waiver wire. At least that's who looks like the handcuff at this point. Fred Jackson didn't really get a lot of work. Um, that's where I'm a little concerned because if they go into that Monday night game, he can't get warmed up, the hamstring's not uh, is not really reacting well to the treatment, then all of a sudden you're out, you're starting running yep. back, you're number one RB. But uh, other than that, I don't think it is a major long-term concern. But guys, if you have Lynch, unless you're a deep, deep team at, at, at running back, um, you have to get Thomas Rawls, grab him. He is a great handcuff for this week because of that Monday night game. Yeah, Rawls outtouched Fred Jackson 16-4. to yep. That might split a little more evenly if it's a closer game, although with the Lions coming into Seattle, I don't know that it'll be it'll be that much closer because they've got some issues they need to fix up. Yeah, their run defense has not been that great. But, yeah, Rawls was the offseason darling, and uh, he the team is very high on him. That's why they ended up trading Kristen Michael and mm-hmm. letting Robert Turbin go. So if you need to handcuff one guy, get Rawls. But it's such a tough situation. It's the same thing people fell into this week with Eddie Lacy and James Starks. Yeah. And you're trying to rely well, on a guy with an injury. Right, and, and what's funny is that Starks out-touched Lacey. But, Lacey yeah, but Starks game. was awful. Yeah. I mean, he, what, he had 17 carries for like 32 yards. Yeah. Uh, and Lacey was the better fantasy back. Yeah, Lacey definitely had the better game. Lacey is the better fantasy back. I, I ended up uh, yeah. in that situation. I kind of got caught where in some some situations I played Lacey in some uh, where I didn't have Lacey. I just happened to grab Starks yeah. off the waiver wire, played him. Which, real quick, because uh, we didn't really address it, Lacey looked pretty good on he the did. ankle. Uh, he was making cuts and spinning and jumping as well as a guy of his size can right. on a supposedly and again, bum ankle. Great matchup against the Niners. They just made Chris Johnson look 23 yeah. last week. Yeah, so, it's funny, and I know that we didn't, you know, don't really need to talk about that game, but Chris Johnson didn't look fast, but the Niners just couldn't, they couldn't tackle him. Yeah, that was bad. Was How in the world bad. did Adrian Peterson do nothing against them? Why did they not, the, the Vikings Norv, win that game? Because Norv didn't give him the football. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, it's week that's one. Why. I don't get it's it. It's really that simple. Norv <laughs> didn't give him the football. Jeez, okay. Um. Well, some more takeaways, though, from week three. You mentioned Andy Dalton, Fabs, and the fact that he has looked really, really good uh, I know you said you're not completely buying in on him, but would you would you drop a waiver claim on him? Yeah, right I would. Now? I mean, it's three weeks, and you know who they're playing this week is Kansas City, and I know that their FPA is skewed because Rodgers just ate their lunch last night, but they still giving up 25 points per game to quarterbacks this year. So, yeah, and, and with, with Brady out, uh, with Mariota out, they're both on buys, with Roethlisberger hurt, uh, with with Romo hurt, with Cutler, uh, I guess Cutler Breeze, hurt. Yeah. He's a starting quarterback in fantasy right now. So is Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a week to week starter now, especially because typically Dalton had uh, struggled on the road and against uh, Joe Goodbury. I think he's a a writer or he's a, just a huge Bengals fan. But he had found this great stat where Andy Dalton versus common opponents, which were division player teams or teams he'd played in the last year. Put up horrible stats, but Dalton against uncommon opponents, he lit All right, up. I'm gonna I'm gonna battle you this this week here, uh, Wizkid. Kansas City, yeah, completely agree. Then he's playing Seattle. Good luck. Then he's in Buffalo. I'm not playing him there. I'll play him in Buffalo. Then they have a bye. 
then at Pittsburgh, that's a good matchup. Cleveland's a good matchup. Houston's a good matchup. Uh, I still call him a matchup-based starter. There are, then he goes to Arizona, which is a tough matchup. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not ready to like crown him a weekly fantasy starter. Uh, a matchup-based starter, absolutely. Uh, Seattle's the one I'd be worried about, but I think he can throw it all over on Buffalo. Buffalo, uh, dude, the, the, the Bills. I don't know about Buffalo's tough, man. Like I, the, the first two quarterbacks they played were Luck, who they held to nothing until garbage time. Okay, Brady destroyed them. Brady's destroying yeah, everyone the Jets, this year. The Jets also basically and then he, and the Titans, too. And they, they destroyed Tannehill. Tannehill didn't do anything in that game. So I, I wouldn't start Dalton against well, the Bills uh, in Buffalo but or even against Seattle. But I, then there are some good matchups down the road. But I, th- I think it's an interesting point, though, that Alex brings up is, though, I think right now stopping Andrew Luck doesn't seem to be the task that it once was. Yeah, no. And, which pivots us to our next topic – What's going on with the Miami offense? Because we were expecting them to just blow everything up, to blow everybody away. It hasn't happened. I watched them on Sunday, and they look dysfunctional. Their offensive line is struggling right now. When Tannehill does get time to throw, he's been inaccurate. He hasn't been able to spread the ball around. And this is a perfect time to welcome James Coe into the, uh, into the, the proceedings. Hello, James Coe. Bruh, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so we will ask you, though, James, I mean, is, is there time? I mean, should we be panicked about Tannehill and Lamar Miller and, and this, this Dolphins offense right hey, now? By the way, can I just say, if, uh, if they offered me no traffic in the Matrix, I would live there. <laughs> I would live in the Matrix with no traffic. Absolutely. Um, Miami's offense, as you mentioned to Marcus, it don't look good, man. It doesn't look good. I, I think Landry, Landry, uh, Landry is still a, a viable fantasy starter. Uh, and especially we found Rashard Matthews now. What? I mean, what? Rashard Matthews, it's, it's craziness. I, I don't know really what to make of it. Um, I think Tannehill is what he was last year. Um, again, as Fabs likes to say, a matchup-based guy. Um, I feel like he's worse than he was last year, which is baffling. Well, he looks worse than he did last year. That's for sure. Uh, we and thought he we looked were so good growth. in the preseason, too. He did look good in the preseason. Mm. We really mm. thought he was going to make a jump, man. But um, it, it seems as if the uh, he's getting confused a little bit out there. Um, I, would, I would definitely say uh, he's going to have a few games where he probably catches fire. He's got too, I think he's got too many weapons for him not to at least have uh, one of those uh, great 25-plus point games. Well, I will tell you this. There isn't a Dolphin I'm starting this week. Uh, against the Jets, I'm not playing any of them. I'm not playing Tannehill. I'm not playing Miller. I'm not playing Landry unless I'm in a PPR league. In standard leagues, Landry's not even a top 20 wide receiver. Mm. In PPR leagues, he certainly is right. uh, a guy you start. I don't like Jordan Cameron this week. Rashard Matthews, I mean, you're going to be looking at Antonio Cromartie, so there's no real guarantee he's going to continue to thrive like he has the last couple of weeks. The Dolphins are, uh, are a down play this week in fantasy based right. on that matchup. What I- happened to the Lamar Miller contract here? I, what happened? I am I I don't know. I need to dive in and watch what's going on with him. I know he's dogged by a little bit of an injury. Uh, I'm just confused by this offense. There is so much talent in this offense. We have to hope it rebounds. But man, it is not good right I, now. I don't know if it if it was a little bit because of the injury. And and I, I watched that game on Sunday, and I went back and rewatched it again uh, on Monday. And it it looked like Lamar Miller was just tentative. Uh, he wasn't hitting the hole. 
Jonas Gray looked like a better running back on Say it Sunday. Ain't so. He was at least for Say that it offense. Ain't so. At least for that offense, looked like a better fit because he was more of a downhill guy. He had that forward momentum where Miller looked tentative hitting the hole, and at least for one game, it almost looked like they that the, the Dolphins were better off kind of working a, a Bengals type system where you have Jonas Gray as the heavy. And Miller Moore is your pass catching back. Now, who knows if maybe, you know, getting some rest and getting a little bit healthier changes that a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see Jonas Gray get a few more touches and a few more snaps going forward with this yeah. offense. So I've just uh, never been impressed with the, the, the skill set that Lamar Miller has. He's always read to me as more of a change of pace guy. Um, but, look, I bought into the hype. He put, on, he put on 15 pounds of muscle. He's in a contract year. He's in a good offense. Um, I definitely was buying into it just because he was in such a great situation. Then you heard about the, uh, you know, the injury to Jay Ajayi, uh, I guess no, to no one's surprise, and there was really nobody else there uh, to take opportunities from him. I mean, if they're signing Jonas Gray off the practice squad <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they- the guy's making an impact... That's not good. Which it's when I saw that he's being elevated off the practice squad, it said something to me one about Lamar Miller's injury. Exactly. But watching again, watching them, watching the way that game played out, and, and watching Jonas not Gray great, with his touches, Bob. not great at all. <laughs> watching Jonas Gray's touches and how effective he was with them leads me to believe that. I mean, Miller's still the number one guy, but you might see Gray kind of creep into this. This thing could turn into a committee Gross. really fast. Speaking of. Speaking of. The Eagles, certainly a committee, no surprise there, but in a game that the Eagles absolutely had to win, DeMarco Murray wasn't available because of an injury. Ryan Matthews stepped in and had himself a day. 108 rushing yards, also had 20 receiving yards, and a touchdown through the air. Um, you know, And on a day when Darren Sproles really didn't do much, had 36 total scrimmage yards, did have a touchdown. That return touchdown. Had the return touchdown mm-hmm. as well. Is it fair to ask, uh, Alex, that maybe Ryan Matthews starting to get more looks in this offense? There were some that had thought he, I think Chris Wessling was one that said it, that Matthews would be a better fit for that Eagles offense when they signed both backs. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see. I think they also changed up their scheme a little bit this week and went with a more power-blocking scheme instead of the things they'd been doing that was getting them eaten alive in the backfield. So it's definitely going to be a situation to monitor, but if you picked up Ryan Matthews in one of the later rounds, you could have found yourself a potential steal if he becomes more of the workhorse in this back. I, I don't see it. They paid DeMarco Murray way too much money to put him second uh, in terms of backfield touches behind Matthews. If Murray is healthy and playing, uh, they're going to give him the football more than Matthews. Uh, this is just uh, my opinion. But um, I think they give the ball to I mean, the loss, the loss of Murray last week was actually good for fantasy owners because instead of dealing with a three-headed monster, you're dealing with a two-headed monster, and you can kind of predict a little bit easier where the touches are going to go, whereas when Murray comes back, you're like, okay, I, mean, like, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't feel like Chip Kelly cares how much you make. I, no. I really don't feel like he I mean, I think in a lot of other teams, maybe that scenario plays out. I feel like Chip Kelly doesn't care. Like, you can be making all of oh, the money. I think Jeffrey Lurie probably cares. Probably, but, I mean, they've given, <laughs> but they've given Chip Kelly pretty much personnel right. decisions. I mean, he Heart has blanche. power 
over personnel decisions. But was so it, was it, it Kelly's decision to bring in Murray and, and yeah, give him all that yeah, money? Yeah, he got, he got so. both of them to hedge his bets, and now if one becomes but if one leader, becomes better, what's more important, what you pay a player or winning? I think. I mean, and the, and look, look, look the, fi- the finances play. You a would role. think, you would think, the, winning. The, the finances play a role. There's no question yeah. in, in real life football. But that being said, what what Demarco Murray has is essentially a one year deal. The Eagles might just say, you know what, we gotta, we're gonna have to eat it on this one. When I watch Ryan Matthews, and look, everyone in this room knows I am not a Ryan Matthews fan. Not a Ryan Matthews fan in the least. Uh, the guy loves to put the, ground on the, uh, the, put the ball on the ground. Uh, not terribly decisive either. But look, the bottom line is, uh, as you mentioned, Alex, they tried to go to a little bit more of a, a power run game, which obviously would have helped DeMarco Murray a lot. But the bottom line is, man, holy cow, Ryan Matthews looks like a much better fit in this offense because he is more east-west. He is going to stretch it out a little bit, and, and that's really what that Eagles offense, that Chip Kelly offense is predicated on. They want to spread you out, and they want to create space. And to me, when you get bunched up and you try to block a guy, uh, whether it's zone or man, it's not a good fit for what Chip Kelly wants to get done. I think he thought that he could make DeMarco Murray into that guy. I just don't think it, he is that guy. Well, it'll be interesting to watch as, uh, as Murray comes back. But yeah. should we jump to Oakland let's, a little uh, bit? Let's, let's move over. To, let's, let's get to the West Coast. Um, I, I said before the season that the Raiders, for the first time in a very long time, are fantasy relevant. And yeah, buddy. I was worried this week because they had the – Big win a couple of weeks ago against the Baltimore Ravens. A little letdown. Then they had to go to the, they had to travel east to go take on the Browns. You worried about the letdown? Sure. It didn't happen. Amari no. Cooper had a huge game. Derek Carr looked good. Michael Crabtree, Latavius Murray. Everybody's getting involved. Can Derek Carr throw to Amari Cooper in the end zone, please? That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, but we believe, right? We we all believe. I mean, not not maybe on a weekly basis, maybe, but. But we believe in the Raider offense, right? Oh, bro, I'm I'm in. The last two I'm weeks, all in. the last two weeks have have shown us a lot. Like you said, they went uh, they beat the Ravens, who are still a pretty good team. Their secondary right. had some issues at home. And then, like you said, the big test was going on the road against that Cleveland defense, which might not be as good. Early as game and the early game, and they did well. Right now, they have a top 15 quarterback, a top 20 wide receiver, and a top five running back. Hello on the Oakland Raiders, and they get to play the Bears this week. And they play the Bears. Start all your Raiders. So, but, yeah, watch <laughs> this deal. though, because you know how things go. Football is dumb. The fantasy <laughs> gods just mess with us, and the Bears go out and win the game. The Raiders do nothing, and then we're sitting here next week thinking, "What the heck happened it's to the because Raiders?" We- just want to watch the world. <laughs> it's because we're sitting here thinking we actually know a little bit of something now that that means we absolutely know nothing. But the Raiders look like they're building something. I mean, they they figured out on the offensive side. You know, they they got their young quarterback. They found a running back they like. They've got a, a game breaking wide receiver. So that's where they start. They've got a veteran wide out to kind of help them. You know, uh, do some things with Michael Crabtree. I think Crabtree. Uh, we're going to find out has been underrated, at least you know, in the offseason into the preseason was. So I'm starting to believe, and I think you know, certainly uh, I, this has nothing to do with fantasy, but they are the best football team in the Bay Area, uh, uh, without by, a doubt. By far. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Without the Niners. Uh, yeah. Hey, but no, but really though, um, wh- what do we do here? I-, I-, I basically came up with a formula for Danger Zone, okay? Any tight end who gets more than 80% usage in the offense, play him. 
against the Raiders. Against oh, the Raiders. yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Now, Martellus Bennett is going to go wild. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the one bear that I think you can count on this week. The, I think – You would think. Everyone's saying that Chicago is going to get, you know, hammered in this game as well. I, I don't know if I see that. I, st- I would love to see a shootout. They're starting I would a, love to see a they're shootout. They're starting a fire sale, though, in Chicago. They, they are. Just Jared Allen for nothing. And John Bostick. John Bostick. Yeah. Oh. And a rumor has it they're trying to trade more players so they can rebuild with the new regime. But – uh, the Raiders have given up 297 yards and five touchdowns in three weeks. To Amazing. Tight ends. Start your tight ends again. Start yeah, Marty that's, that's pretty much yeah. it. Um, All right, last takeaway. Last takeaway. The Colts offense finally got going a little bit against the Tennessee Titans, the game that was one quarter of football, bro. Was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of. He qualified it. Do we, do we believe? I mean, are we believing that, that the Colts have figured it out? I mean, I, you know. I, I'm at the point where Andre Johnson, to me, you, you might as well just, just release him. him. It's yeah, time to, to him. put him back on the waiver wire. But do we believe? I mean, Andrew Luck still threw two more interceptions. This Trade week. for him right now. They're playing the Jaguars this week. They're going to smoke that team. Uh, Luck is going to put up a big number. Uh, keep in mind as well, two of his first three games have been against really tough defenses. Uh, has he been a disappointment? Yes. Is he someone that you can bench? No, no. Is he? No. Really? Again, you want to bench him against the Jaguars? Go right ahead. I mean, I think it's the Jaguars, but I mean, it, I, I start to feel like maybe he's a matchup-based guy now. I mean, because this isn't, this isn't. MG. This, I mean, just watch him play. Watch him play. He's not getting time to throw. He looks confused. He's making terrible throws. He's trying to do too much, and his receivers aren't giving him enough help to, to go out and make plays right now. Like, I'm not confident starting Andrew Luck on a weekly basis this week. Sure, I'll give him a shot against the Jaguars, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not confident in him. You know. You know what's crazy is uh, I'm going to say the exact opposite of, of Marcus Grant. I actually think he struggles uh, against uh, the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars they've got a great pass rush, and as you mentioned, the offensive line, um, especially for some reason in, in pass protection, not doing great. Uh, the Jaguars can get after the quarterback a little bit. I think he's. I think again he struggles again. Uh, in week four. But after that, man, I'm not worried about him at all. The one thing I do like, um, the one thing I really, really like, and we're doing week three takeaways, right? So like in that fourth quarter, you know what, man? I think Andrew Luck, like, look, Peyton Manning, for example, they figured out, okay, the old man can't take it under center. That's fine. He cannot do five-step drops. It's just impossible. I think for Andrew Luck, I think he figured out, you know what, dude? I cannot be thrown to Andre Johnson now, period. We got to get Moncrief out there. We got to get T.Y. Hilton out there. We're going to make, we're going to do the exact same things that made us successful last year. We're going to go vertical on the outsides and then we're going to pound them inside. If you want to, if you want to start, you know, moving safeties over to wherever the the coverage is going to be at, uh, Andrew Luck is good enough to find the open guy, but they need, they got to have speed out there. And Dante Moncrief for this offense is a way better fit. I actually really love Moncrief moving forward. Love Moncrief. Oh, yeah. No, I think, I think Moncrief. Uh, uh, again, the Jaguars have given up over 22 fantasy points in each of the last two games to quarterbacks. I know one of them was Brady, but right. one of them was Tannehill, too. Um, T.Y. Hilton destroys Jacksonville. Look at his numbers career against, against the Jaguars. And for as much love as we give Duval Connie on the show, they stink. Well, defensively, they're not good. The, the, uh, the asterisk so. with the Tannehill one, though, the Jaguars were up in that game. Yeah, they the were. Dolphins had to rally. There were some. There were a lot of late totally points. Totally a cheap touchdown. Late the only one points are points. The only, but the only one that looks like you know they got carved up was the Brady one. 
That one, I yeah, mean, but, obviously. I mean, he's been, yeah, and well, he's killing everybody. He's, he's, he's killing he's, everybody. He's, he's on, on, I just, on a revenge path. If, if Luck doesn't give you 18 minimum this week, I'd be surprised. Right now, before we move on, Luck is being out, has been outscored this season by Joe Flacco, Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh, dude, it, Jameis Winston, oh, yeah, it's Joe, and Alex Smith. Joe Flacco's elite, yeah. though. So. Joe Flacco is elite. So, but you know Luck what, though? You know, the how most players, players you know how many players we can say that uh, about uh, elite players right now after three weeks? I mean, I, I can get. I mean, yeah, we'll get into I it when we get to the running ton. backs in the next segment. But so. man, seven interceptions and five touchdowns—that's that's no way to live. No. Um, <laughs> speaking of guys that you might be panicked on, there are some running backs that have not started the season well. And top of the list, Jeremy Hill. Uh, you know, obviously a couple weeks ago got benched with a couple of fumbles. This week was uh, was on the field, didn't do much. Giovanni Bernard once again looked like the better running back. How freaked out are you right now, Alex Gohar? I mean, I have quite a few shares of Hill. I am a little worried. I think the trouble is right now he's slotting more into that RB2 territory because it looks like more of a timeshare. I, I rewatched that game. They gave him the first eight carries, including like three or four in the red zone. Uh, they, he didn't get in the end zone, obviously, because they were a little farther away and it just wasn't there. But right now, Hill, I think the two fumbles and getting benched, which is why I always hate when coaches bench guys after a fumble, has shot his confidence a little bit. He is not hitting the hole with the same tenacity and getting up field that he did last year. He's, he's dancing a little bit. He's, he's kind of waiting until it's wide open because I don't think he wants to fumble and get benched again. So I'm not panicking 100% on Hill. I still think the talent, the athleticism, everything is there. We just need to wait, and hopefully he gets rolling one of these games, gets that swagger back, and then he'll be good. I don't know that it comes this week, though. Kansas oh, yeah. City's good against the run. They're really good against the run. I mean, they're one of the, the, the five hardest teams to score against from a, uh, from a fantasy perspective uh, at that position. So do you start him? I mean – are you deep enough to bench him? Uh, that's that's the question right now. He's probably a flex uh, RB two type, but he's not going to break out this week. This is a, the Kansas City's defense uh, against the run is pretty good. You know how much people are panicking on uh, Jeremy Hill. I got a Twitter a Twitter question from uh, Melvin Hayes. He says, "I'm going to give up Jeremy Hill." And getting back Victor Cruz and James Starks. No. That's not. <laughs> no. no, brother. Do, do not do that Don't trade. Do, that. do not do that. I mean, at that point, you might as well just drop the dude. I mean, for real. No, but really, though, that's the level of panic, I think, on Jeremy Hill. I don't know why, man. I, look, I get it. I, I watched him run uh, week three as well. Didn't look great. Uh, I, as you mentioned, Gilhart, I think you hit it right on the head, man. His confidence doesn't look great. That being said, confidence is a funny thing. You break off one big run, and you oh, yeah. got that mojo or he, back. Or he trucks somebody exactly. and gets a first down. He's back He's feeling it. Yeah. So I'm not, um, I'm not So, panicking. yeah, I, I'd love to uh, invest in Jeremy Hill. As a matter of fact, in um, a few of the leagues I'm in, I'm trying to, I'm trying to move for Jeremy Hill. So I, I'm okay with it. I, I, think, I think the upside is just reading some of the postgame stories on this. The, the, uh, the Bengals still believe in Jeremy Hill. And yeah, but what else are they going to say? I mean, though, it's true, but, know? I mean, Hugh Jackson uh, you know, has – supposedly they had a conversation, Hill and, and Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator, coming off the field, and, and both of them agreed big things are coming. And now maybe this was like a little pump-up speech. Sure. You know, maybe there was some Rocky music being played <laughs> or whatever. But uh, at least they haven't – Given up on the idea of Jeremy Hill being a starter and being a frontline running back. And right now, those opportunities are kind of all you can ask for. And you hope that, you know, at some point in the next couple of weeks, he gets the hot hand. I believe 
By the way, did you say that? Uh, did you see that Creed tra trailer? Creed looks great. Creed looks. Fantastic. Oh, I can't wait to see it. That, All right, we got to steamroll through some of these. We can get the waiver too. All right, let's get to these. Uh, real quick, we talked a little bit about Marshawn Lynch. Let's get to Justin Forsett though, because he has not been very good at all. And Fabs, you always talk about beware the magical season. Is it possible yeah. last year was the magical uh, season? It, yes, <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know that any of us thought he was going to be a bust because Tressman comes in there. Uh, a guy who loves to utilize a featured running back and give him a lot of opportunities as a pass catcher. Uh, Forte had 102 catches last year, but Forsett has done nothing. Uh, maybe partially it's the offensive line. Uh, Joe Flacco's actually put up some pretty good numbers. Maybe it's because Baltimore's been trailing in some games. But right now, you can't start him with any confidence. And based on the numbers, right now, Pittsburgh's got one of the better run defenses. They haven't given up a whole lot of fantasy points to running backs this year. So uh, Forsett's a very risky flex and this is a guy that you drafted probably in the third round. That's right. Yep. Uh, you know, I think he's still on pace for 60-plus catches, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, yeah, but it's not looking good. Um, no. he, what he's doing with those opportunities, not great. I, I still, again, may, maybe I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm just high off of uh, being in traffic for an hour. But um, <laughs> I still believe in Justin Forsett, man. Maybe it's the fact that it wins Cal. I don't know. Look, the bottom line is he hasn't done a lot with the opportunities given, but he's been given a lot of opportunities. I think that's all we can ask for in terms of, I don't, again, I don't think he's going to get to RB1 status like he was last year. I get it. But as a solid RB2, I'm buying. I'll take Justin Forsett. I mean, I don't think he's tradable. I don't think you can trade for that's or away. And there's no real handcuff to grab back there. Because nope. it's not like anyone else behind him is playing. You know, you're not getting anything out of Buck Allen. You're not getting anything no, out of the all those of guys have looked terrible. The one thing that worries me about Justin Forsett 16 he's had 16 carries this season okay for no gain or a loss oh man that's which out of, th out of 39 out of, out of 39 yes 16 out of 39 carries have been for oh, no man. gain well, you know like this loss. was going to be my my question and why in my deeper waiver wire column which you can find at nfl.com slash deep dive i wondered like i told people to potentially pick up talia farrow and buck allen if they're there because while Forsett has been getting a lot of opportunities he hasn't done much with them how long until the team says, you know what, Talia Farrow, you're going to get the lion's share. Let's see what you can do. Or, you know what, Buck Allen, you're going to get 20 touches this game, and we'll see what you can do. Like, they can't keep rolling with a 3.2 yard per carry average from their feature <laughs> back, who's also only averaging 3.4 on receptions. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is that, that's no bueno. That is a problem. I'm, I'm a little bit worried. I'm very uh, worried. Justin you know what? I'm going to say it. He's breaking out this week. That's right. it. We're throwing down the gun. Put oh, it on the go. board. Here we go. Put it on the board. Uh, let's move around to CJ and we're just we're picking on Cal Bass. How dare right you, now, man? Like I don't know. Man. We break into the top twenty-five. This is the respect I, we get. <laughs> um, <laughs> CJ and I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe in CJ Anderson. I wanted to believe in him this week against the Detroit Lions, and it didn't happen. Right. And I feel like we have a full-blown committee, committee situation in progress right now in Denver. Please, someone tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think I you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I said it on the show yesterday. It was fun to draft Broncos running backs years ago. Now it sucks. It really does. First Monte Ball. Now it's C.J. Anderson. And the reason I liked Anderson as a as a top 20 pick was because we had a pretty good sample size last sure, year. Eight games. He played man. really well. He yeah. looked very um, good. As opposed to Monte Ball, we all kind of just like prognosticated and projected him and we didn't see anything from him. And now he's uh, – I don't even know who he plays for anymore. Is he even on a team anymore? Maybe Atlanta. But um, he, basically – uh, Anderson has become this year's Monte Ball. 
He really has. He, I mean, he's done nothing. He's been a little banged up. The offensive line has not done much to help him either. But oh my the, god, the offensive line and run block. The Broncos, the Broncos, and Gary Kubiak. Uh, they've said that Ronnie Hillman has earned more more of a role in this <clears throat> offense, and that's not good. And uh, I'm I'm certainly worried. I thought Anderson might have a game last week against Detroit, but then he got hurt. Uh, and, and when he was on the field, there wasn't much to like. Again, another situation much like Justin Forsett, a guy you drafted probably with one of your first two or three picks where he's now a flex starter at best. It, and that, that's almost out of desperation. It's got to be it's got to be the traffic. I I am buying CJ Anderson <laughs> all day. You know why? Because a lot of the fumes offense, coming off the 405. Yeah. <laughs> I had my windows down. Maybe I'm just in, in, sucking in too many exhaust fumes. But no. Um, look, CJ Anderson, the, the Bronco offense, I get it, man. The offensive line in run blocking uh, place has been just atrocious. Okay, that's fine. The offense is starting to figure things out. Peyton Manning is starting to figure things out. Once Peyton Manning starts figuring things out, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities yeah, for C.J. Anderson. That's exactly what I was going to say, too, is because now they Kubiak conceded a little bit and was like, okay, Peyton, we're going to kind of run your thing, which is what C.J. Anderson was successful in last year. So I'm not I'm not giving up hope on C.J. yet, also because like while Ronnie Hillman has, has scored more points than him, Ronnie Hillman and Jawan Thompson haven't looked that great either, aside from C.J. Anderson. So if he can recapture that form with Manning's offense, like you're saying, James, Good stuff. I think I'm like I said. I'm buying uh, lots of shares in C.J. Anderson, and, and the other thing I think as well is look, Kubiak's got an interesting run block scheme, right? It's gonna take a while for these guys to start picking it up. I wouldn't. Don't be shocked at all if C.J. Anderson does not what he did last in the last eight games of last season, but but starts approaching that. I think he's gonna get. Uh, I really think he's going to have a strong second half when the offensive line figures out the run block scheme. He gets in there. Peyton Manning's doing his thing. I really like C.J. Anderson in the back it's half good, of this Good year. buy low candidate. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys have. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. One more uh, about panicking. LaShawn McCoy, he hasn't been completely healthy in the early part of the season. He Los Williams. Get, he did get in the end zone. Carlos Williams looks Yep. Like, I mean, he is the definition of a downhill runner. I just everything going forward, uh, everything moving ahead. There's a chance, of course, McCoy doesn't play in week four, which would probably mean a whole lot more Carlos Williams. I, you know, I'm not giving up on, on Shady. I still think he's going to be a big part of this offense. Yes, but you I are. Am, I, no, You're giving up on I'm him. I'm not. Actually, Come on, bro. I am, I am concerned. <laughs> I am concerned about Shady McCoy right now. Yeah, and you should be. Um, I, I was a little worried about him because of the offensive line uh, in preseason and then the hamstring injury. I dropped him a little bit in my rankings. And once we got going into the regular season, I didn't like what I saw and I advised people trade him because that hamstring is going to linger. It's going to be an issue. And then you see another guy who no one's barely ever heard of uh, before the, the last two months uh, looking better than he has. And so... It's a situation, it's almost like it reminds me of, like, remember a couple years ago, Doug Martin came in after a big rookie year, and he couldn't get it done, but then when he got hurt, other players behind him were looking better than he did. Mike James and Bobby Rainey. That oh, Mike said, James! Almost exactly like that. Uh, this is what <clears throat> it reminds me of. And honestly, like, if, if McCoy didn't score that touchdown last week, I mean, his numbers are bad, dude. I mean, yeah. really, really bad. But he so, finally got to open the safe. He did. It was great. Yeah, but it, it was, was like opening Al Capone's uh, vault. There was nothing in it. Uh, which actually is a great segue to top waiver wire ads as we're talking about uh, Lowe Williams, that guy is. behind him. 
with the fact that Rand Getlin reported Shady McCoy might not play this week, they might sit him to try and get him back to full health, which would be great for Shady owners. Yeah. It's also good news for Carlos Williams oh, owners like me in a lot of leagues. <clears throat> I'm in. Man, they get to take on that Giants defense, and I think Carlos Williams might be running wild this week. Yeah, uh, I, I'm absolutely. in. I'm all in. Absolutely. Uh, looking at a few guys, though, because you talk about making trades, making moves. Some guys, maybe, do you hold on to them? Do you sell high on them? Devontae Freeman went berserk against the Cowboys on Sunday, but of course, that had before to have that, been the Tevin Coleman game. Before, that was supposed well, to be the Tevin the Coleman thing, game. Is that you know Tevin Coleman's still sitting there, and he was the guy who was leading the team in touches. He seemed to be leading the, the depth chart before an injury kept him out. I mean, I feel like is it time, Alex, to say you know maybe you try to, to package Devontae Freeman and send him somewhere. I, I would be cool with packaging him and sending him somewhere. I, I think this is his, that game was his absolute ceiling. Well, uh, he, oh yeah, I mean, he looked, no, that, he, that was right. a lot of player ceiling. He looked yeah, he yeah. looked he looked great, but they're probably going to split carries, and I don't know that he's going to get the benefit of uh, the, some of the poor tackling and all those one yard touchdowns and stuff that he got. So I would be happy to sell high for him for some other pieces, right? Yeah, now. the one yard touchdowns was crazy, right? It's like I, that th- those were the situations where it was like, this is it. Teron Ward, he's got co- No, he's not coming. Teron Ward, that's right. That was your uh, your danger zone. Yeah, thing, I was like, they're at the one. Teron Ward, goal line back. No, nope. no, nope. it's not gonna happen. I mean, nope. if you want to, if you want to keep him, great. But it just it could slip into more of a frustrating <clears throat> committee once Coleman comes back. Which I think I think I think that's a lock, man. That's absolutely going to happen. Which is right? why I was worried about Falcons running backs at the start of the season. We just didn't really have any clear <sighs> who was going to do what. This was truly supposed to be the Tevin Coleman. <laughs> it was going to help the march to eleven hundred, James. It was going to. It was almost going to seal it, really. Oh, that's man. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, Legarrette Blunt. Um, obviously, Dion Lewis looks like he's the guy. I'm. I'm. I am dubbing him now. He is the man who slayed Bellatrix. It's just that's just how it is. God, he looks good. Dion Lewis is a big part of what they do. Legarrette Speaking Blunt, of vulturing touchdown. Legarrette Blunt got a lot of garbage time work to the tune of was it 73 rushing yards, I believe, and three, three touchdowns, touchdowns. Man. Um, but Fabs, wow. Legarrette, Legarrette Blunt is he's he's over right. Like this isn't really well. A thing. I mean, that game was a blowout, and so you know Belichick uh, took Lewis off the field. Blunt came in near the goal line. And listen, I never put anything past Belichick. He hates our fantasy football teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if Blunt had a couple of these games moving forward. This is what the Patriots do. But the fact that Lewis was able to withstand two fumbles and stay on the field, he still had a pretty good game. Yeah, he did. He had a touchdown. I have faith in him. Maybe not as an RB2, but a flex. Uh, If you picked him up off the waiver wire, he's probably going to be a flex for your team unless you have injuries. But right now... I mean, you're starting him over C.J. Anderson, yeah, right? Yeah, Lewis is the you're starting him highest, over Jeremy Hill right now. Sixth highest scoring running back. I think he's had even in standard, he's had double digit points in every week. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. In standard scoring, mm-hmm. That's so he's a PPR monster and he's consistent as all hell in in standard. So it's amazing what Bill Belichick is able to do in terms of finding guys that are on the scrap heap and just turning them into not just. Viable players, but good players, man. Totally. Yeah. No, I mean that that has been that has been the skill of the Patriots for you know over a decade now. I, I don't feel like Bellatrix is done though. I don't you think, feel you think like they're coming it. back. You think- I, I I just think the, this is like the height of Bellatrix, where it's like you think they're gone, <laughs> but no, they are not. It's like Jaws two. You know. Back. Oh, that was such a bad movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, well then, Joseph Randall. Um, you know, he obviously he's another one who had a huge had a huge first half. 
Second half, the Falcons figured something up. They bottled him up. He didn't really do much of anything, but had that enormous first half. But, uh, James, I mean, I feel like as long as the Cowboys have injuries, Joseph Randall's going to have to be a big part of that offense. Yeah, I mean, I was I was saying, you know, in the preseason, obviously, that I thought that uh, Joe Randall was going to get a lot of the uh, early season work, and, and later in the season, we we're going to see a little bit of run DMC. I guess it could still happen, but that's not happening. It's not looking like it's not likely happening. to uh, come to fruition, uh, given that Joe Randall just looks absolutely stunning. Dude, he's so much more talented and so much better than every other running back on that team. Um, you know, we, we don't get everything right, but uh, I, I was a big uh, proponent of, of Randall. I just loved his game, loved what I saw from him last year, explosion. He could have had 50 fantasy points in that game if the stupid Cowboys, and this is me being <laughs> a frustrated Cowboys fan, uh, didn't what stop they do? running Did they the, run ball the ball like five so, times oh, in the second man. half. Also, like, like I, I don't like you can't you can't convince me that Atlanta putting an extra guy in the box. Stop the Cowboys dead from running the football oh, in the second half. But it helped. I don't know if you guys saw this from Harmon yesterday. He had I'm great... sure it helped, no, but, he... I mean, you stop me, running completely. Let me, let me read this. Joseph Randall's 14 carries in order. 28 yards, 37 yards, 20 yards. The first three when there was poor tackling. After that, one yard, negative one yards, one yard, four yards, one yard, zero yards, one yard, negative one, negative four, two Negative. So that was even before they started putting extra guys. That was yeah. That was even before. I still so think you pounded. He 10. had he had the benefit of some really. And if you rewatch that game, those first couple carries, he had 85 yards and three touchdowns. Or excuse me, 85 yards and a touchdown on his first three carries. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And after that, nothing. Hmm. But McFadden came in and looked all right. And Lance Dunbar, man, PPR. Lance monster. Dunbar's he's he's Deion Lewis. He's he's Dallas's answer but to Deion Lewis. Randall is another is another person I might I might uh, sell high on right now just because people are going to look at this three-touchdown game and might think it's the turning point in that committee and give up a ton for it. I wouldn't sell him for just, you know, for peanuts. But if I could get a decent bounty back, I would. I would How about Joe? Ran- if you could move Joe Randall for Jeremy Hill, would you do it? Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, that's a spicy I I trade. That. I think I would do that. That's a spicy trade. If you've got Joe Randall out there, I, I imagine you can go try to go get Jeremy Hill, man. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. Totally. Um Steve Smith, Triple S, still balling. Look, we're, we're going to miss him when he's gone. This is He's so much fun to watch. He's so much fun to watch. That game was surprisingly fun to watch. It was a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be horrible. It was back because you're used to AFC North right. battles. Exactly. And, you know, it's like watching heavy machinery operate. <laughs> um, but, no, this was fun. It was back and forth. And the Ravens don't really have another pass-catching, like a real pass-catching weapon beyond Steve Smith yet Somehow this dude still eats every single week. 13 catches, 186 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, these kind of numbers are a little bit, uh, you know, you can't expect them every week. But I feel like I'm holding on to Steve Smith because even though everybody knows where the ball is going, it still gets there and he's still making plays. It's true. It's true. Let me. uh, he, He plays so angry. Let me ask. So angry. Let me ask you though. I'm going to give you some stats uh, from our our crack research team, Kareen. Steve Smith against the Steelers' career: no touchdowns in five games. Fewer than 75 yards in five career games. He's averaging fewer than 50 yards against the Steelers. Fewer than eight fantasy points in every single game he's played against Pittsburgh. Oh, he's definitely Uh, breaking that. Steelers have allowed six receiving touchdowns this year, but only two 
have been to wide receivers. Do you still play Steve Smith? Yep, absolutely. Because one, he spent most of his career in the NFC where he wasn't running up on the Steelers on a regular basis. And two, this Steelers secondary this is, is not, not, it's not, it's no, not good. It's this is not, not the, good this is not the Ike Taylor, Troy Palomalos of old. Yeah, this, this is a good second. I agree with you. I'm playing him too. But you know, I like to look at the trends. I, mean, I like so. to look at the stats and, uh, yeah, he, he hasn't done well against the Steelers historically, but he's too hot to bench right now. I, I can't do the it. One, the one thing I would say is, um, you know, I think temper expectations for all fantasy points across the board because I think the Steelers are going to try to shorten this game up a little bit. You know, With Vic, yeah. Yeah, with Vic there, you know, I, I imagine Le'Veon's going to get work. D'Angelo Williams, because they know he's productive, he's going to get some work too. Um, I just look for them to kind of shorten this game up. I think they're going to try to run the ball a lot. You know, Baltimore would love to run the ball as well. I don't know if they can, but I, I, I would imagine that this game is going to be of the low, lower scoring variety than, than we're used to, that we would probably expect seeing what we've seen from the various defenses here. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's hit some of these waiver guys real quick. Yes, and, let's uh, which you can, to, to start off the top, you can read more NFL.com slash waivers, NFL.com slash deep dive. I think <clears> this week I had roughly 30 guys between the two articles that you can target on the <laughs> waiver wire. Uh, some of the names I already mentioned, Carlos Williams, he should be one of the top priorities because he's probably starting this week. Yep. Uh, Rashard Matthews is a guy that coming into the season, it was there were whispers that he was pushing for the number two job over Kenny Stills, Greg Jennings next to Landry, and he's there now. He's he's looked like the real deal. Fabs, you've been thumping the table for Jordan Reed for weeks. As how is he I. not... I don't know how he's, not he's only owned in like eighteen percent of leagues. Nah, he's sense. like the fourth highest scoring. People tight end must right like now. starting Vernon Davis. I don't. I don't get he, it. He's the fifth highest scoring tight end right now, and he is third in yardage for tight end. And he's third in targets. He's getting targeted a ton. The only two guys that have more targets than him at tight end, Gronk and Olson. Yep. Wow. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we were we're not rushing to pick up Michael Vick yet because there's better uh, quarterbacks. I am in the dynasty out. league. I am. Well, you're at Herman in the dynasty. Big league. trouble there. Oh but my goodness. If you're in more of a casual league, Derek Carr. Yes, Derek yes, Carr. Juicy matchup this week, looking great. Yep, pick uh, him up. He's, he's improved. Just, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, like, I, I, you know, I watched tape on him from last season, and it's just it's so much more fun to watch him now that he has receivers who can actually get open. Last year, that was a problem. He had receivers that could never get open. And right. People complained that he forced <clears> throws and made bad decisions. He didn't have choices. Like, I mean, it was either that or take a sack well, and I mean, throw it out of bounds. James Jones was his number one wide receiver last year. Right. And James Jones still put up, like, what, 70 catches? Yeah, I mean, and, but, yards, but, I mean, look, and James Jones is doing great things with the Packers, but he's but not going to be the guy to a lead. two slash three, right. You know, he can't lead your receiving court. But, yeah, Derek Carr last year, the knock on him, too, is he only had, like, five point something yards per attempt. This year, he's up to, like, eight on the season already. And if you throw out his injured week one, it's even higher. So he's looking great. Uh, Thomas Rawls, we mentioned. Marvin Jones, your cowboy. Marvin oh, Jones! He got targeted a lot in that game, and it looks like he could be one to go with. Uh, speaking of getting targets, Alan Hearns could be a sneaky pickup for the Jaguars. He is their number two wide receiver with Julius Thomas out. He caught a touchdown. Looks like he could be getting even more work going forward. But read about all that on the on the website. we got to dap it and get out of here. Soon. We do have to dap it and get out of here. All right, let's, let's dap it up. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. All right, Daily Daps. Uh, I'm going to take some liberties, and I, I, I saw this. I, I put this away just for Daily Daps because I felt like it was worthwhile. Nice. A, uh, it was a tweet on Sunday from Jeff Darlington. Tweet goes, and I don't even know who I'm dapping up. I think this is just amazing. I just interviewed Warren Buffett, jokingly handed him a dollar for his time at the end of it. 
SOB put it in his pocket and walked away. Wow. <laughs> That's always Just in case of the rich getting richer in America, it is absolutely... And then, I don't know if you saw any of the, the pictures. Warren Buffett actually was wearing a Dolphins uniform with shoulder pads, jerseys, and everything, taking pictures with attractive young ladies and everything. I mean... It doesn't suck to be Warren Buffett. Yeah, man. That, when I grow up, I want to be Warren Does Buffett. not suck to be yeah. Warren Buffett. All right, Fabs, uh, what's your daily dab? Well, uh, I'm giving a shout-out to James Laurinaitis, who broke the Rams franchise record for tackles, passing Merlin Olsen, who, oh, by the way, was one of the best in the business, a Hall of Famer. And uh, I'm doing that because James's dad, Joe, who used to be who? Uh, he was one of the animal and the road warrior. He was a wrestler, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He's a hall of famer. Road warrior and uh, John Laurinaitis. Uh, both of them are friends of mine. Johnny uh, used to be the GM of Raw, and uh, that is their son and nephew, respectively. Very proud of James. Uh, great, great record and a great accomplishment for a, a kid who's uh, who's done everything right in his career. Yeah, good one. Uh, James Coe. How about this, dude? <clears throat> you know, uh, last week we were all in the newsroom. We were watching the, uh, the debut of Adam Rank's new show, uh, EA Sports Madden NFL Live. I had no expectations for it whatsoever. I didn't know if it was going to be good. I didn't know if it was going to be bad. The show is randomly awesome. It's really fun. It is really fun. It is randomly awesome. I mean, it's so funny, too, because it's, it's so stupid. It's watching grown men play video games, but it is... It is- Awesome. I mean, on the surface, it sounds stupid, but as you said, that's what we've all done that before. It's fascinating. You're with your friends, like trash talking and laughing. Absolutely, and, stuff. and that's what it was. And Amon Green was on the show. Yeah, I'm sure was, you appreciated that. That was great. He took a long run to the house with Eddie Lacy. I was like, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, we were watching that in the newsroom. He took a, he took a long run uh, to the house. Uh, Amon Green did. And the newsroom exploded. Yeah, there was a pop. It was so funny. There was a pop in the newsroom for the it was for a Madden game. It's so great. Uh, anyways, the, the show can be found at the, on NFL Network, obviously. Uh, Fridays at uh, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, uh, right before NFL Fantasy Live. Yeah. So that's a good two-hour block you could just DVR. It was Just fun. DVR. It was very entertaining, the yeah, show was. Absolutely. Check it out. Uh, rank MJD and Scott Cole, I think, is their yes. Madden. Yes, one that of is top it. top-ranked Madden players. Right. In the and, they, uh, and they, Amon, and they Amon all do really Green. well. Amon Green popped into the last episode. Well, they bring in well. guests. They try to bring in guests every week, too. But, no, it's a, it's a really good show. Just check it out. It's, it's again, on its surface, sounds stupid. But it is hey, so randomly e- good. E-gaming is the future. I think like 18 million people watched yeah. the Dota yeah, yeah. 2 championship Oh, and the, way, and the way they do it, too, it was very reminiscent of the wizard with the power glove and, and, and Fred Savage. Uh, so that, that, that got my, wow. the cockles of my heart going, too. So, I, wow. Hey, how about the Daily Dap the Power Glove? All right. There we go. go. There what, a, what a uh, throwback there. <laughs> Close uh, it out, Alex. My Daily Dap is going to go to a show. Uh, it only had a few episodes last year. I uh, thought it was fantastic. It's on FXX. It's called You're the Worst. It's come back this year. It's really good. It's kind of like a an, like a rom-com with anti-heroes, I guess would be the best way to describe it. It's about right. two people that are typically not very good at relationships and are kind of like awful. Not awful in a bad way. They're both very likable characters, but in relationships. But they kind of come together, and it's it's got a really fresh take on the whole rom-com sitcom kind of thing. And uh, it's really good. So check it out. You're the Worst on FXX. So now where does it rank? Uh, because uh, Man Seeking Woman, I don't think it's come back. But oh. Season one of that show. I'd probably put it just behind theory, that. Yeah. Uh, was, was was excellent. Man Seeking well. Woman had that more surreal aspect. Right. This one's much more excellent. much more grounded. But it's got like a FX lot of. FX is doing a really good job of, of filling that like dark 
comedy role. They are. I was actually noticing, I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching The Bastard Executioner, because Fabs and I are both still giving it a run for right now. Might not Brian. last the whole season. Yeah, I don't but know. I was like, it's like FX is in a pretty good job. I watched quite a bit of their programming. So. Yeah, and uh, Sonny is back in here. Sonny. Sonny, obviously the, the epitome of dark comedies. But you know what? You know what else is a sneaky good show, too? Well, probably not for you because you're not married, but the, the show, Married. I see. I watched it last year. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's, it's you're 18 years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as, as somebody who's in in my mid thirties and and jaded with life, Married was funny, man. That was that show was really funny. My wife and I had so many awkward laughs uh, in that show. But no, they, they've done a, so. Daily Dap Married as well. Is All that right. show coming back? It is back. It yeah. is oh, okay, back. good. Back. Yeah, I, I was go. not as much a fan of that one. I didn't find the characters that likable either. The first episode was about the husband like potentially cheating on his wife, and I was like, eh. I'm out. <laughs> no, I wasn't out. I wasn't out. I kept giving it a run, but I was like, yeah, this yeah. is just sad. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah. and not and not in a sad, funny way. Like, no, it's like totally sunny. a sad, funny a way. Sad, just sad. sad. Hey, listen, pal. In 10 years, when you get to your... It, it, life is sad funny. <laughs> Thanks. 10 years. That's wait, exciting. He, 20 years. Then he'll be in his 40s. That's, well, 20 years, he'll be 35. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we get out of here on I was that, told no. there was no math on this show. That <laughs> will do it for us. Hit the thing. For the Kid from Wisconsin, for James Kell, for Michael Fabiano, I am Marcus Grant. It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. See you. Yeah, boy. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.